Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. A rather unusual competition was staged in the Wicklow Hills over the past few days. Even if you're in the area, you might not have noticed it. It was a competition between snipers from the militaries of various countries. Commandant Liam MacDonald is officer in command and chief instructor of the Infantry Weapons Wing of the Irish Defence Forces. Afternoon, Liam. Good afternoon, Sean, to you and to your listeners. Uh, so could you start by describing for us in, in what forms did this competition take? Were there kind of various components to it? Um, Sean, the competition was conducted over four days and consisted of uh, 18 kind of competing events and one standalone event. And we had representation from six international teams. Yeah. And and the, 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 the standalone event was, was what? The standalone event was the longest shot competition, which uh, the purpose of it is to actually test our own capabilities to see what how proficient we are in that uh, discipline and to actually put a, a competitive aspect to, to the shooter and to the sniper itself, that they will be walking away that knowing that they are the, they have the title of the longest shot within Ireland and, I suppose, within the international forum. OK, so when we say a, a long shot, how long is that? Uh, last Thursday, we achieved a range of 1,425 metres. And I suppose to put that in the context for some of your listeners, that's about a seven-minute run that you'd have to do yeah. to get out of effective range of that sniper. Yeah, and, and so, so and, and the, the winner there was the person who was able to hit the target from the longest range. Correct. The, the winning team actually was the same team that won the overall competition, and they came from the 27th Infantry Battalion based in Aiken Barracks in Dundalk. Uh, but yes, they are the ones who engage the target at that range. Oh my god! Right. So if if you're shooting from that uh, from that range, uh, first tell us about what kind of a gun you use for a shot like that. Plus, also, what other things do you have to take into account? Uh, the equipment that we operate is uh, the rifle itself is in Accuracy International. It's been on the market since approximately 1992. Um, and what makes that unique, I suppose, what makes a sniper rifle unique in comparison to a normal military rifle is it is a bolt-action rifle. The reason it is a bolt-action is because there is no interference, mechanical interference, once the round fires, that there's no uh, recoil or um, recycling of that weapon. So it's once, of, as I said, once the round fires, there's no other disruption to it. And that assures a very, very perfect flight trajectory. Yeah. What the individual snipers also need to be fully aware of is the environmental conditions around them between themselves and the target. So obviously you have your target data package, but between you and that target is a number of factors, be humidity, wind, temperature, surface conditions, and all of them play a huge a huge kind of influence on the flight of the bullet itself between the rifle and the target. Okay, so so just say wind, for instance, could, could knock a, a bullet off its course. Uh, wind has a significant factor in the trajectory of the bullet, and it's not just as simple as going. It is a strong breeze from right to left. You have to kind of break it down into various 100-meter segments because at each 100-meter segment, the wind might have a different kind of input onto the flight of the bullet. So that's where the kind of the, the ballistic arithmetic has to go through the soldier's brain at a very, very um, fast kind of computation before they squeeze the trigger. How, how do you know if there's a meter, if there's a, a, a kilometer and a half odd between you and the target? How do you know which each hundred meters is doing? So the, the sniper is also paired up with a spotter, and it's a spotter role to actually judge that. There, as I said, they'll break down the distance in about a hundred meter segments, and they look for kind of 
nearly called combat indicators on the ground or field in the craters. That's if the wind, if the leaves are rustling on a, on a tree, if the grass is blown, if there's other kind of activities happening, if you're in a complex terrain, like a built up area in a city, if there's vehicle burning, you'd be the judge by the smoke. Some of it comes down to good luck, but some of it comes down to just repetitive practice. Yeah. Now, the, the, the other events, as I understand it, you know, involve as much reconnaissance as, as sh- uh, shooting ability and, and not being seen. Would that, would that be fair enough? Yeah, as I suppose, as all listeners would understand, the role of a sniper is to remain undetected. Uh, that's a lot easier said than done. Terrain undetected requires a significant amount of discipline. That's personal discipline. A lot of kind of complex planning before your mission commences to make the best use of terrain. But as I said at the, the first point, it is down to that comp- that discipline to make sure the soldier can insert, follow by infiltration, and then finally to proceed uh, to to fire that round. Yeah. So in the competition, then would you have had you know groups of uh, uh, people? trying to remain undetected and other people trying to find them? Yeah, we had one event, it's called the stalk. Uh, it was three phases of that stalk. The, the first phase, as I said, was an infiltration. That was approximately a two-kilometre infiltration where you can kind of move at speed without being detected. The final phase was a one-kilometre kind of infiltration, which means that you are literally lying on your belly and you are crawling into position. You have aids to conceal yourself, but at the meantime, at the same time, you have six or eight trained snipers also looking for you at the same time. And that adds the realism to it that you just, it's, it's not like an airsoft campaign. It is very, very real. And we, tr- we kind of maintain the highest levels of, of uh, standards to ensure that we have the best people. What kind of camouflage do people wear? Um, you can break it down into two aspects. One is kind of applied camouflage. That is applying camouflage cream and using the local camouflage around you so you can kind of conceal yourself into the local vegetation. And the second is is the uh, ubiquitous ghillie suit that you'll see such snipers wear in various uh, documentaries. And the ghillie suit is what really gives them that disruptive pattern on the battlefield that effectively turns a human being invisible. Right. And, and that is a kind of a hairy looking thing. Uh, yes, I suppose that is a, a way to describe it. It is a hairy-looking thing, and the purpose of the, the hair itself, or the ghillie, is it breaks up the natural outline for a human being. A human, uh, the silhouette of a human is very distinctive to anybody, but if you break it up, you add different colour tones, colour patterns, different shapes. It makes it very, very difficult to identify. Yeah. The, now, and presumably, for people, if you don't want to be spotted and because in a you know in a real battle situation i assume if you're spotted it could, it could be fatal you have to be i would imagine extremely patient and not be prone to getting leg cramps or anything like that because i assume you have to lie in the same position for long periods of time um yes you for the competition itself the duration is only approximately two to four hours but in reality is that that individual might be there for 12 hours or or longer uh, patience is key that comes down to your personal discipline uh, preventing kind of muscle fatigue comes down to personal training but in the most recent time we have to also deal with the the use of drone technology and those drones being enabled by thermal imaging so we have to take countermeasures to prevent that as well Oh, what kind of countermeasures can you take to prevent that? Uh, I'm not going to go into the exact countermeasure but okay. effectively in order to, to conceal ourselves we need to block our thermal signature so once we do not emit a thermal signature 
we will not be be able to be detected by the by uh, TI or thermal imaging. Okay, so you're you're lying very still and you're freezing cold at the same time. That takes willpower, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that 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 would come into the mental discipline, but. Uh, I said that's that's kind of ironed out in training. Yeah, the, the, no, you did say that that um, uh, you did say there was an Irish uh, group one at this time. This this isn't the first time that's happened. Uh, Irish military win these kind of competitions regularly. Would that be the case? Uh, yeah, we we score very very highly um, in other international events. Um, we are very capable, I suppose, military within the and um, within the army. The, the uh, infantry battalions are extremely well uh, trained. Uh, we have won international competitions in the United States and we have achieved very, very high places in Denmark and United Kingdom. And as I alluded to earlier, a team from the 27th Battalion in Dundalk and County Loud actually won the overall competition, beating other international forces such as the Netherlands and Denmark as well. Yeah. Now, the, the um, you mentioned that the gun that's used is dates from 1992. Are there more modern versions of that gun? Uh, the basic design goes back to 1992. It has been upgraded in 2013, and we are looking to procure new uh, to upgrade that existing platform to make sure that we remain at the, the cutting edge of uh, sniper warfare. Yeah, in if you if you have like a cutting edge gun, what what kind of distance are you looking at uh, to be able to, to fire from? If we get the platform, the upgraded platform on optical sites, we hope to push up to maybe 2,300 metres, maybe up to 2,500 metres. This has happened in other international militaries uh, and we need to remain on par with our allied partners. Crikey. Liam, thanks a million for uh, speaking with us today. That was uh, Commandant Liam McDonnell there, uh, Officer in Command and Chief Instructor of the Infantry Weapons Wing of the Irish Defence Forces. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 pm with Anna Glaze on News Talk.